0: Good morning. Good morning, I'd like to welcome everyone to worship. Thanks for coming out in these conditions. Wonderful to have you. Anybody get the, uh, well, the mystery prelude was sponsored by David for his wife, Rose, the keel's anniversary, and that was their wedding song. Did anybody get it? When fools fall in love. At eight o'clock, somebody shouted, which one of you is the fool? January 28th, Men's Breakfast, Reverend Ron Ferrell is going to be talking about life transitions, also we're collecting items through Wednesday uh, to make some care packages, the list of items is in your announcements, you can put it on the town square table, you want to help put those care packages away, this Wednesday from 6 to 8, it's a confirmation ministry project, we'd love to have your help, and there is dinner also. Holy Yoga, Mondays at 9.15, and then Chair Yoga at 10.15. New membership class starting January 29th, so if you're thinking, you want to learn more about what we believe, and or just want to review what you learned long ago, you're welcome to come to those. Cooking with Donna, January 31st. Also, Community Bible Study. We have a number of Bible studies to choose from, and I usually highlight when a new topic starts. And for two weeks, this Bible study has been going on, and I have not highlighted it. And the person who's teaching it is not happy with me. She's my wife. (laughs) So it's Acts, Book of Acts, Roots and Branches of the Early Church. They have great attendance. You're welcome to come. She's a really good teacher. One evening at small group Bible study, she filled in for me, and that evening I lost my job. February 4th, 8 o'clock, uh, The Word Works. It's a theological conference that's being held or put on by our Michigan district. And it's in Lansing, but we're going to live stream it here. And they have uh, three professors that are going to talk about how we assembled the Bible, you know, how the Bible was assembled, how we got it, the importance of the Old Testament, New Testament. So you're welcome to come to that Also, women's book group, January 26th. Justin Schweitzer is going to be talking about Animal Farm in 1984. And our new group here at Church 20 to 35, Church Friends. This is their first meeting, they're in the balcony and afterwards there's lunch and their next time doing this is February 26th. We rise for opening hymn. <laughs>
1: Make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me o Lord. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit.
0: the children to come forward. Good morning!
2: Good
0: morning! Woohoo! Good job! So, we're getting today a spider. Isn't that cool? Now, at home I've been trained. If I see a spider, especially if my wife sees it, ah, there's a spider! Kill it! And I go step on it and kill it. And then I come to church and Mr. Fred, our building manager. He went, I want to kill a spider. He said, don't kill that spider. Spiders are good for the building. They eat other bugs. Yeah. So I guess we probably have a lot of spiders in the building. You know, I was thinking of a song, and maybe you can sing it with me, the whole congregation. Itsy Bitsy Spider. Okay, you ready? Itsy Bitsy Spider, up the water spout. Out came the rain, and washed the spider out. Out came the sun, and dried up all the rain, and itsy-bitsy spider up too again. Now, we call that a nursery rhyme, but it's a proverb, too. A uh, Best meaning of a proverb, to be like. To be like. To be like that spider. He went up. And then things didn't work out. He came down, and what did he do? He went back up. He didn't give up. And that's what we're going to talk about today in our sermon. Proverbs, okay? So I hope you enjoy your spider. Thanks for coming up.
1: Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from Proverbs, chapter 30, verses 24 through 28. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in the king's palaces. Here ends our Old Testament reading. Our epistle reading today is from Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Here ends our epistle reading. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Our Holy Gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew 6:25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is it not life? Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or, What shall we drink? Or, What shall we wear?
0: Mercy and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there's people we meet in life that sometimes, somehow, impart special wisdom that we never forget. It stays with us. We hold on to it. I think of my dad's wisdom. What's wrong with you, son? Sit back, shut up, and be quiet. Why are you trying to leave the cool the whole house down, leaving the fridge door open? What's wrong with you, son? I heard that one a lot. <laughs> wisdom. There's wisdom literature in the Old Testament, and that includes the book of Proverbs. It's a little different sermon today, but we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 30. Now, Solomon didn't write all the Proverbs. In fact, chapter 30 is written by a man by the name of Agor. Now, could Solomon be going under a different pen name? He did that in Ecclesiastes. He refers to himself as the preacher. But it wouldn't make sense because we know Solomon is very wealthy. Listen to what Agor said. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches but give me only my daily bread otherwise i may have too much and disown you and say who is the lord or i may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my god obviously it's not solemn now i think it's safe to assume agor had kids do you ever have your kids roll their eyes at you you ever have that I remember doing that to my mom and dad, and it drove them crazy. I didn't know why until I had kids. I think he had kids. Listen to what he writes, because he's talking about rolling the eyes. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. Parents, that's a verse you have to tell your kids when they roll their eyes. One of my favorite proverbs not from chapter 30. This one's written by Solomon. A quarrelsome quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. That's my favorite. (laughs) Anybody want to change your confirmation verse now? (laughs) Agar also wrote this. We have no idea who he is. and, and, He must be talking about God the Father and His Son. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is His name? And what is the name of His Son? Surely you know. Now the proverb we're gonna look at, it was our Old Testament lesson. You know, animals can teach us so much. And this is a little side note. we love our pets. And I, I don't think a lot of you are aware of this, but we, next to our colibarium, have a pet barrier. And we had a member donate that. It doesn't cost anything to put your pet in there. In the spring, we're gonna get a sign made up and you'll have a picture of your pet and who that pet belonged to. So keep that in mind, no charge. That's why Stacy Rolf asked if she could put Eric in there. <laughs> It says on the top, the animals of God's creation inhabit the skies, the earth and the sea. They share in the ways of human beings. They have a part in our lives, and we thank God for the gift they bring to us. And Psalm, 80, uh, Psalm 84, it says, and we have this on the bottom of the pet barium. By the way, I don't think the word pet barium exists. I coined it. Feel free to use it. <laughs> Even the sparrow has found a home and a swallow, a nest for herself. Where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my God and my King. Keep that in mind. So, our proverb. There, there be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Remember little for later. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Okay, remember what I told the kid. Proverb. To be like. And he's talking about preparing for the future. You know, to prepare for that rainy day. To prepare for something that you weren't anticipating. Proverbs 6. Solomon. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest there's much we can learn from the world around us. Remember the saint we talked about this past All Saints Day, St. Saint Bonaventure? Remember I told you that he's the saint of bowel movements and that's why his is hanging in our chapel bathroom just outside the chapel? <laughs> but he saw nature and he saw creation as the shadow of God. The shadow of God. And we learn from creation. Jesus would talk about storing up for the future. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. What is Jesus telling us? You know how to store stuff up. You know how to put away money, maybe in a bank. He's telling us, listen, live your life in faith. Your time in this earth is short. We're just a link in, in a chain, especially a Redeemer's history, just a little link. And when we die, we leave everything behind. But Jesus says, wait, whatever you do for me, when you serve me, when you sacrifice for me, I remember that. Oh, I know you do it because you love me because I loved you first and died for you. But everything you do, When you sacrifice your time, your talent, your treasure to the glory of God, it's remembered, it's not forgotten, and you'll have treasures in eternity. Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. This is the season of grace and mercy. It will end one day. The doors of heaven will be shut, and there will be a judgment. The importance of the work of Redeemer, the ministry of this church, of touching lives, of telling people about a loving Savior who died for us and rose again. To advance the kingdom of God. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crates. What's he saying? We're not sure what this rock badger is. Some translate cooney. And research, uh, some said it's like a bunny, a bunny's bunny. It's really small and furry and it hides in the stone, in the cracks. It's ironic, only kings live in buildings made of stone, but here we point out this little animal finds its safety, its security in the rock. David said in Psalm 61, From the ends of the earth I call to you, I call as my heart grows faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Jesus knew the importance of this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Sometimes tragedy strikes us. You know, in our world, in our life, it can be very short. And we could go through great tragedy. But to know that we are firm no matter what happens, we are firm when we have our faith in Christ. We are assured of eternity. And this world here, this life is so short compared to what awaits us. And to know that we can have confidence no matter what we're going through, that we are secure. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. One locust isn't bad. You get a bunch of them together. In Exodus 10, where the 10 plagues, one of the plagues were locusts, they covered all the ground until it was black. They devoured all that was left after the hail. Everything growing in the fields and the fruit on the trees. Nothing green remained on the tree or plant in all the land land of Egypt. Here it says, look at the locust. What does he say? Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor." it's working together. You hear the term synergy now. And when I think about this church, I think it connects with that idea of the locust. Look at what we have done. Moved by the Spirit, but look at what we have done for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the ministry of Redeemer, for the sake of future generations, like locusts. Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. In Acts 2, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Paul would also say, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit. That is the spirit moving among us. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I think of the membership here at Redeemer. The people who worship here. The people who call this home. You're indispensable. We all have gifts to contribute. We all have something to do. My gifts aren't your gifts. Your gifts aren't my gifts. Like locusts. I get to see this church every day in action. It's amazing, all the people doing work, volunteering behind the scenes, people doing ministry, people touching lives. And it's like locusts, and there's always activity. And it's the movement of the Spirit among God's people. And you are important to this congregation. You are needed. Now the spider. The spider skillfully grasped with its hands, And it is in king's palaces. You notice I used a new King James version. The reason I did that is because most translations don't call it a spider, but a lizard. But going back to the opening line, considering the little things, the Hebrew word there can be translated either way. That's why I went with spider. Spider. If I went with lizard, I'd be thinking of a deco commercial. and really don't want to think of a deco commercial. But can you imagine Agor, his name means collector. Maybe he collects the sayings of Solomon. But I'm sure he worked in Solomon's palace. Could you imagine one day Sol- Solomon was there and Agar walks by and Solomon says, "Agar, can you believe it? We just got rid of the spiders yesterday and here's another one. They don't give up. They just keep coming. Same with the church. We don't give up. We keep moving. We keep sacrificing. We keep dedicating. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Our labor, sacrifice, commitment is not in vain. And it has an eternal reward. Let us stand firm and be persistent like that spider never giving up. Let us move like a swarm of locusts built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Let us be productive like those ants who do so much in accumulating what they need. Let us go about the work of the church and proclaiming the Messiah to the world. I know this was a little different of a sermon for me, but I want to encourage you, the book of Proverbs is fascinating. Page through, read a proverb a day. See if you can understand what to be like. What is the application? And how does it apply to your life? And are you going to find some advice to change some things in your life, to be more like whatever the example is placed before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We rise to sing the operatory.
1: THANKS nice. great grant you his peace.